श्रीला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवतन की जाय श्री ब्रह्मार गीत की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रेमानंद हरी हरी वो सो गुड मॉर्निंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू गुड आफ्टरनून गुड नाइट गुड एवर यू मे बी and greetings from new jersey <clears throat> here in my last full day in this side of the country and we are continuing today with our series of lectures in this case studying brahma gita the song of the bumblebee which appears in the 47th chapter of the 10th canto of grantara shrimad bhagavatam so today we are in our eighth meeting eighth session where we will be studying the third shloka of Brahmar Gita. We have five introductory lectures and then we have studied the first two verses. So today we will be studying verse number three of Brahmar Gita which is corresponds with verse number 14 of the 47th chapter of 10th canto of the Bhagavad. But as usual let's begin with some brief recap of what we were discussing last week. Verse second verse of the Brahma Gita where Shirada speaks to the bumblebee of course in connection to Krishna and with Uddhava witnessing all this saying that after making us drink the enchanting nectar of his lips only once Krishna suddenly abandoned us just as you bumblebee might quickly abandon some flowers how is it then that goddess Patma referring to Lakshmi willingly serves his lotus feet alas the answer must certainly be that her mind has been stolen away by his deceitful words. So, this verse is spoken by Shirat in reply to a possible argument of the bumblebee in connection to the first verse of Brahma Gita, where the bumblebee may tell Rashirat that Krishna is not guilty, and why you are saying this to him. So, she replies in this particular verse, comparing, continuing to compare Krishna with the bumblebee showing his his cheated propensity in play, how it expresses in, in practical terms, if you will. In the first verse, Shirada called Krishna a cheater, or called the bumblebee the friend of the cheater, in this way calling Krishna a cheater, and in this verse she further elaborates on why she used that terminology. Like, it, like comparing Krishna with the bumblebee, again, criticizing the two of them. Similarly, like a bumblebee approaches a flower, singing or buzzing and it appears that he's very nicely singing to the flower offering some song there actually his only intention is to extract the pollen similarly she says krishna approached us and took all the nectar from our lotus faces and it is he who left us and not vice versa the flower does not leave the bee but the bee leaves the flower so krishna the madhusudan madhupati the krishna bee left the gopi flowers if you will and shirada here also interestingly mentions that krishna gave us his other amrita or the nectar of his lips only once we only tasted that nectar once and we know this didn't happen only once but subjectively speaking she expresses herself in this term because of anurag this ecstatic expression of prem which makes the the devotee feel Every single meeting with Krishna is the very first moment. Everything appears as 
fresh and new. And if you met Krishna one moment before, you feel, I never met him, so I want to meet him. So, Sri Radha, enter in touch with Krishna Sadaramita so many times that she feels only once, almost not even only once, something like this. And since this other Amrita is Amrita, not only nectar, but nectar of immortality, Amrita means something that counteracts death. This, we have drunk this Amrita, so now this Amrita is not allowing us to die, as we would like to. So Krishna gave us that nectar so we may not die. She's expressing with this intense, um, let's say, loving anger. Because he wants to torture us. He wants to see us alive, suffering in separation from here. And we have attained immortality by drinking this Amrita. So we are suffering and we are not dying. <laughs> and by this Amrita, he has bewildered our intelligence when we drank it. But now, now it's over. <clears throat> that bewilderment is over. We won't follow the footsteps of Lakshmi. So Shirada then starts to criticize Lakshmi. Interestingly, his own partial expression, if you will, in Vaikuntha. Lakshmi is naive. Lakshmi is innocent, and, be, and therefore she's confused and, and re- maintains herself serving him till now. Mm. Um, one of the reasons he says in this verse because of the praise of Uttama Shloka. Mm. She hears so many nice words about Krishna, he, he who is praised with selected poetry, or because of Krishna's own crafty words. So she became bewildered, confused, and she remains serving him. But we are intelligent ladies. We have realized that he has behaved improperly. And he has been offen- offensive, actually. He, ha- he had indulged in apparat. Shirada basically implies this here. Only she, the gopis, and especially Shirada, can uh, address Krishna as an aparadi, as we share some stories last class as well. So, <clears throat> this particular verse, remember that every single of the ten verses of Brahma Gita represents a form of Chitrajalpa. Chitrajalpa is a form of mad talk, that characterizes Divyan Mad, the highest reach of divine madness. So one of each one of the ten types of Chitrajalpa is being exemplified in each one of these ten verses of the Brahma Gita. So the first verse presented Prajalpa, and the second verse presented the idea of Parijalpa, which has to do with when a person reveals indirectly their own cleverness, while enumerating another's faults of merciless, duplicity, and fickleness, ungratefulness, and other qualities. That will be Parijalpa. So we concluded last session also trying to emphasize and not be confused about who is speaking this and how all these apparently mundane expressions of jealousy, anger, sarcasm, and so on that we see so often in this world has nothing to do with this world, in the case of someone like Shirada, the very personification of Prem, Ragatmikas, personalities made of radical enrapturement, we use that term, from tip to toe, from the very root, radical has to do from the very root, <clears throat> they are composed of divine love. They are saturated into these emotions over and over again, like we also explained in the context of describing the Ayurvedic process of Bhavana, <clears throat> Sorry, Bhavana translates sometimes as saturation when you take the powder of a particular herb and soak it in the juice of that same herb to make it, make it more and more condensed, distilled, saturated. So that's the reality of ragatmikas. They're constantly go diving deeper, deeper and deeper into the waves and ocean of their prem for Krishna. They are made of that prem. Hmm? 
So we should understand properly whatever comes from such personalities in the context of separation. And that's also there are so many useful lessons for us as sadhakas in that connection. Separation, as we mentioned last class, also is teaching us how to suffer. And the goal of life is not so much stop suffering, but loving Krishna. And loving Krishna implies a type of suffering. So therefore, the goal of life is not to stop suffering, but to learn how to suffer in the context of Prem. Krishna Bhakta Biraha Vinadukka Nahiyar. Ramananda said yesterday we were celebrating his Tirobab Mahotsav. Right, Ramananda, when Mahaprabhu asked him, what's the highest type of pain? To be separated from the Vaishnavas. So there is a pain in the life of a devotee, in connection to the Vaishnavas, in connection to the associates, to Bhagavan. So again, the goal of life is not to stop suffering, it's not mukti, at least for us. <laughs> the goal of life for us is prem, and prem is a, a, a coin with two sides, <clears throat> union and separation. So in separation there will be a type of suffering, but it's ecstatic, it's prema-like. So the goal of life is not to stop suffering, but learning how to suffer. <clears throat> so that said, let's continue today with the third verse of Ramar Gita, and before reciting the verse itself, sharing it with you, we will introduce it, because generally between each verse there is some link, some bridge, some connection. So in connection to the second verse, the the bumblebee beca- became confused because Sharada angrily trying to brush away the, the bumblebee try- who was trying to touch her lotus feet by buzzing and flying. So the bee came before Radha again while humming. So at that point, Shurada thought, oh, the bee, the bumblebee, is prof- profusely singing and glorifying Sri Krishna to please me, Shurada thought. So she spoke to her friends, according to the Purvacharas. Oh, this, this bee now is showing arrogance. Look, look, he cannot, you cannot, we cannot trust him. Now he's starting to sing, and the idea be, be, behind his singing is, I will soften Radha's heart by singing. And therefore, Shurada says, since he wants to capture me by his singing, I will quickly chastise this bumblebee. And so in order to do, do, to do so, she then spoke this third verse. So she will be chastising the bumblebee, and of course in the context of doing so, she will be also chastising Sri Krishna and somehow or other further instructing Uda. So I will share the verse with all of you, both in Sanskrit and its English translation in the chat here on Zoom. Uh, please one of you, if you can share this in the thread in the Facebook live streaming, please. So, I'll uh, I'll recite the verse in Sanskrit first. <coughs> it says like this: Kimiha bahusad angri gayasitam jadunam. Adhipati magrihanam magratu napuranam Vijaya sakhasakhinam giyatam tat prasanga Kshapita kucharu jaste kalpayantistamista <coughs> The translation says, Shirada speaks to the bumblebee. O bee, why do you sing here so much? about the Lord of the Yadus, in front of us, homeless people. These topics are all news to us. Better, you sing about that friend of Arjun in front of his new girlfriends, the burning desire in whose breasts he has now relieved. 
those ladies will surely give you the charity you are begging. So, another one of Sri Radha's uh, ecstatic expressions in the context of one of ten Chitra Jalpas. We will explain at the end which type of Chitra Jalpa does this bird belong, verse belong to. So let's try to unpack a little bit the context of this verse, first by going to the word-by-word -word meaning. So first line will say, Kimi angre jadonam. So Radha approaches the bumblebee saying, Kim, why? Iha. Iha means here. Here refers here in Braj. Kimiha bahu. Bahu means so much, or much, too much. Sat angri is a way of referring to the bumblebee, which means six-footed one. That which has sat angri, six foot. It's a way of saying, oh, bumblebee. Hmm? Gayasi means our singing. So why you are singing here so much? Twam, twam means you, oh, you bumblebee. Hmm? Jadunam means of the jadus, and the next line continues with this idea, adipatim. So jadunam adipatim means adipatim, the master of, about the master of the jadus, jadunam. So why you are singing so much here in Braj about the master of the jadus? Again, Sirada, you will see here, and in these verses will refer to Krishna with names corresponding mostly to his staying in Mathura, not in Braj. Hmm? Jadupati is not a, bird, a name for Krishna in Braj, the lord of the jadus. Hmm? So then she continues saying, Agrihananam Agratanapuranam. Hmm? And you are singing this Agrihananam <coughs> Agrata. Agrataha means in front of Agrihanan. Those who have no home. We. We have no griha. We are homeless ladies living in the forest. The forest has become our home. The home has become a forest for us. Gopis. After Krishna left Braj. Naha Puranam. Naha means us, in front of us, Agratta Naha. Puranam. Puranam means old, like in playing. Whatever you are saying <coughs> is old news for us. We already know whatever you may be telling. <coughs> or also means this is something that happened already in the past. We are no longer with him. He's no longer with us. And then Srirada <coughs> will point in the direction of Mathura and will basically send the bumblebee, go and sing there. Third line says, Vijaya Sakasakinam Gyatam Tat Prasanga. So another name that Sri Radha uses for addressing Krishna here, a Mathura-like name, Vijaya Saka. Vijaya Saka means the friend Saka of Vijaya. Vijaya means victorious one. Who is that victorious one? Arjuna. So friend of Arjuna. In, in Brindavan, Krishna is not called friend of Arjuna, but now he's in that royal assembly, Kshatriya-like environment. So he's called Vijaya Saka. Mm. So better you, as she will say, go there. Vijaya Saka Sakinam. Sakinam is on the friends he has there. That implies the ladies of Mathura. Krishna is with now. Giyatam mm. Tat Prasanam. Prasanga, sorry. So Giyatam means should be sung. All the stuff you are singing in front of us, homeless ladies here in Braj, should be sung in front of the friend of Arjun and his lady friends, girlfriends, over there. Hmm? Tat Prasanga. Tat Prasanga means Tat of his and Prasanga, the topics. So those topics about him should be sung in that assembly. Kshapita Kucharujaste Kalpayanti Stamista. And now Shirada refers more specifically to the ladies of Mathura. Kshapita means uh, relieved, and Kucha means of whose breasts, hmm? Rujaha. 
the pain. So he relieved the pain of their breasts by embracing them, is the implication. Krishna is together with them. He is no longer embracing us. Te means they. So they, their, their hearts burning. Desire has been relieved now by Krishna's presence in Mathura. So, kalpayanti stam ishtaha. So, kalpayanti means they will provide. Istam refers to the charity you desire. We are singing like a bard asking for some dakshina. You go to Mathura and sing in front of these ladies. They will provide you the charity you desire. Ista. Ista means his beloveds. Those ladies, those present girlfriends of him, they will provide you whatever you may like. So this is basically the word-by-word -word idea of this verse. So let's begin with some, <clears throat> some unpacking from Sanatan Goswami who in this particular case, he, as, as Sriva Goswami and what to speak, Vishwanath, Chakravarti Thakur, they will share some in-between dialogues between the Bumblebee and Sri Radha. So he, Sanatana Goswami, will present some dialogue in his Brihad Vaishnava commentary to this verse. First of all, saying that Sri Radha will indicate that by his nature, the Bumblebee is skillful at singing. Bumblebee is famous for zzz, no? buzzing here and there, which is a part of his singing. And she will imply with this, Sanatana Goswami says, animals have four feet. We already said something like that before, but it comes mostly from this verse. And you, animals generally have four feet. You have six feet. So you sing without intelligence because you are just, you are not a full animal. Animals have four feet. You have six. So you are something else. You have more feet, but animals are not too intelligent. So since you have more feet than someone who is not too intelligent, for sure you are even less intelligent than those who are not too intelligent. So, and, and I can prove that because you are singing without intelligence. You are singing in the wrong place to the wrong audience about the wrong topic. So for sure you are totally uh, full here. Why do you sing? You, you are singing so much in front of us. That's the implication. If you are, have a desire to sing, you, it's your nature. Do it Somewhere else, invisibly, basically. So, Shirad is chastising the bumblebee in this way. And again, the implications with calling him four leg, six legs means, again, four legs animals are foolish. You have six legs, you must be more foolish. <laughs> because if not, why you are singing in Braj? Iha, Iha means here. Braj now is full of misery. And you enter that arena like singing like nothing. About that person, about the situation of that person somewhere else, which brings even further misery to us. Mm. On the contrary, he who understands the hearts of others mm, in, in a proper situation will act accordingly. That person is quickly, generally designated as a devata, someone with refined perception, capacity, criterion. On, on, the, on the contrary, that person who does not have that type of sensibility, even though if, if it may be a human that person will be designated as an animal, foolish one, without criterion. So you are in the latter group, if you will. So Sanatan Goswami then continues, even if the bumblebee will retort to this, reply to Radha, saying, well, I'm singing to fulfill my desire. I have some desire, and I'm singing in order to fulfill it. So Sri Radha will reply to this in this verse by saying, okay, but why do you sing here? In Braj. No? The word Iha means here, implying Braj. Hmm? You want to fulfill a desire, okay, but 
this is not the place for your desire to be fulfilled. Your desire will be fulfilled in Mathura, not here in the forest hmm? with homeless ladies and so on. Sri <clears throat> Radha uh, implies, okay, I know that your nature is to sing. You are a bee. You cannot but sing. You cannot do anything apart from buzzing. But the point is, why here in Braj, full of grief, such a place full of grief? Hmm? And even if you are here for any reason, why do you sing so much? Quantity and quality. You don't. You are not singing in the right place, nor in the right quantity. Gopal Shampu, Jiva Goswami says in the Gopal Shampu that in this connection, that he who sings excessively, not understanding the feelings of the listeners, is like a dog which barks and is beaten thoroughly because of that excessive barking. So the implication is the same here. You are singing excessively, and well, okay, you are beaten by Shirada's words here. <laughs> without the point is, you cannot sing or speak about something without empathy. You are not doing this exercise of examining what's going on in the hearts of the assembly. So that will create some reaction for sure. <clears throat> so we have to apply this idea in our daily life for sure as well. So even Sanatana Goswami continues, even if the bee here has some extra argument, they will say, well, I'm, while you are singing here, you are asking me. Well, I'm singing here, the bee will say, because this place is better than the city. Mathura is a big city, but I'm here in the forest. It's a more natural environment. I feel much more in place here, at home, here being a bumblebee. So Shirada will reply, <clears throat> but the point is that you are in the forest, but you are singing about Jadupati, the lord of the Jadus. So it is proper that you sing in front of an assembly, an audience, of those people that whom he protects, not to others. He's Jadupati. Jadupati means the, the protector of the Jadus. So you go to the Jadus in Mathura. The Jadus are not here in Braj. So you cannot... That's Rasabas, basically, she's implying. You're singing about the Lord of the Jadus in the assembly of the non-Jadus. So he's the leader of unlimited people now of the royal order, the Jadus in Mathura, but we are here in Braj. We are cowherds. We are rustic entities. <laughs> and we are not respected by him. We have been thoroughly abandoned by him. So on the other side, the Jadus are protected, nourished by him now. They depend for their life on him as we know so. Therefore you praise him there. And they will supply you whatever you want. <clears throat> they will fulfill all your desires. The people of Braj cannot please you. We are homeless people. We are living, especially us gopis are living, again, homeless in the forest. We are, again, uneducated, uncivilized entities. So you should therefore go on to Mathura and sing there a lot or a little, as you please, do whatever you like, but not here. <laughs> That's the idea. And if the bee, Bumblebee, replies to this, okay, Krishna, yes, it's Jadupati, but he's also the lord of all of you, ladies. Hmm? Not only Jadupati. Hmm? So Shirada will reply again in this verse, according to Sanatan Goswami. But we are homeless, we are without homes. Hmm? So we don't have knowledge of singing, we are from the forest. Hmm? So Shirada starts to reply with sarcasm. Again, not conditional, conditioned sarcasm, but prema like hmm? sarcasm, a byproduct of she being the personification of divine love. So this is a very interesting point here. That all the things we always hear this idea, all the things we find in this world 
are a distorted representation of all the things that we find in the higher world. So all this Shristi Lila, all this cosmic play emanates, if you will, originally, of course, not at one beginning in time, but from Sri Sri Radha and Krishna and their Lila and their divine interaction of love. So if we here find whatever, sarcasm, irony, anger, it's, it is because all of this exists in its perfect, use, most pure form in the context of Prem, being expressed in the interaction, loving interaction between Sisirat and Krishna. And here we reach, we get to know a, a, a shadow-like reflection of that. So, for example, we have Sisirada in, in, in expresses man towards Krishna, resistance. She enters into jealous love, jealous anger, and she doesn't want to open herself to be embraced by Krishna and so on. So she rejects him. Some rejection is there. Resistance. So we have resistance also in relation to Krishna. So that's our man. But our man is <laughs> in the context of Maya Shakti. And that takes creates a distance between us and Krishna. It's not pleasurable. It's not anukul. In the context of Sri Radha, her resistance just intensifies Krishna's longing and intensifies the experience of Rasa. So again, there is resistance in the two sides, but one is nourishing Prem Rasa and the other one is just taking us farther and further from that. But it's important to establish that connection. Whatever we see here as the effect, we have to investigate the, the ultimate cause of that. Where it all emanates from originally in its more pure form. So all that ha happens there. And here we are seeing that. She's expressing sarcasm and all these unbecoming qualities that the sadhaka has to transcend. But eventually when you reach the the arena of the lila, all of them are there again, in place, full circle, expressed <laughs> in this particular context. Mm. So Shirada speaks with sarcasm to the bumblebee here. And it, if she says, we are rustic ladies from the forest, we don't know how to sing, we, we don't know, we, we are not, uh, we do not deserve Krishna's shelter or whatever, the bumblebee may say, but you are all very skillful. Mm. So Radha will say, Puranam. Puranam. This is all news for us. We have heard this song many times. It is old. So why do you sing a song that previously gave happiness, but now gives grief to us? In front of us who have no lover. I mean, if Krishna is with us, and you come and sing about his love and, and, and whatever related to him, that's great for us because he's there with us. But in separation from him, whatever someone sings about him increases the pain. So the point is that <clears throat> Srila Jiva Goswami mentions in connection to this that the gopis gave up their houses after being spoiled by Krishna. Since they were rejected by others after they once tasted the bewitching rasa of his leftover saliva. <laughs> he, they, they drank the other Amrita, in other words, and they became homeless as a result of that. That's the price of embracing Krishna. Krishna he says that in, in the Bhagavatam. Whoever takes shelter of me, everything else will be ruined, basically. <laughs> of course, don't be scared, please. But the idea is your, your illusion will be ruined. All of us have an experience of that. Whenever you become aware of something, you can no longer go back to the previous level of hypocrisy, illusion, or ignorance. And, and We may desire sometimes Further ignorance in that sense, ignorance is bliss, but Krishna will bless us to remain aware in that sense. 
So Shirada here is implying that idea, no? Like if you say that he established the relationship long ago in Brach, then you bumblebee are a fool because you are thinking you are thinking then about a worn out relationship, something that is no longer there. Mm? And generally the poets mm, or the bards, the ones who sing, will praise present relationships of praiseworthy people, mm? not worn out relationships of non praiseworthy people. And you are doing that, the latter. The bards will never praise previously existing, previously existing songs of a king, for example. They won't be singing to the king about the, your songs, who, your, the songs that you have lost, who have died or something. Hmm? So you have to know what to sing, when to sing, where to sing, to whom to sing about all the things. So if the bee, according to Sanatana Goswami, if the bee asks, okay, so where should I sing? I mean, you are kicking me out of brush. Okay, where should I sing? Tell me. Give me a place to stay. Like when Kali, <laughs> when Pariksimarat told Kali, you cannot re- reside in, you, you can only reside in, in in a place where you when there is no intoxication, no meat eating and so on. And, he, and Kali said, but there is no place of, as such in this kingdom. So tell, give me another place to reside. <laughs> so similarly, the bumblebee say, well, where should I reside then? Where should I sing? <clears throat> so Radha replies with the last part of this verse, hmm? S- sending him to Mathura. You should sing about him, again, in a place where there are girlfriends of your friend, hmm? who has the power to defeat the world, who is Jadupati, the, your very powerful master and friend. And you, ha- you should go where their gar- his girlfriends are. And he has destroyed the desire in her hearts. He has made them their lovers, his lovers, sorry. So you go to them, they are quite happy, they are now with Krishna, so they will fulfill whatever you need, whatever you want. Hmm? Hmm. Also Sanatana Goswami implies that this last part of the verse can also mean that the great attachment for Krishna should be sung to your friends, hmm. since Krishna's friends are yours also. You are all hmm, birds of the same feather flock together. Vijay hmm. hmm. Sakat also means... He who has all attractiveness means Bijai, and Saka means friends. So you go to the, those who are friends of he who has all attractiveness. Hmm? Or also Sanatana Goswami gave, gives one more possibility in this last section of the verse, implying that Radha says, suggests to the bumblebee, you should sing about those whose pain in the heart is destroyed by Krishna's embraces. It means the ladies of Mathura. Hmm? And they will feel respected by your singing, hmm? The, you will become dear to them, so they certainly will fulfill whatever desire you have. And interestingly, actually, in this verse, the present tense is being used. The Purbacharya say, <clears throat> because of closeness to the present time, you know, the idea is Krishna has just left Vrindavan almost. So it's expressed in the present tense, like a very recent situation. <clears throat> So these are some of the insects that Srila Sanatan Goswami, hmm, Prabhupada, shares with us in his Brihad Vaishnav Toshani. And um, in a similar light, Srila Jiva Goswami, Prabhupada, in his Lagu Vaishnav Toshani commentary to, the, to this verse, he will share some in-between dialogues. Of course, some of them are similar, so I won't repeat every single similar equals thing they said, but some other elements that they contribute with. So... According to Silajiva Goswami, the bumblebee will say, hearing all this criticism by Shirada, all these points, but Krishna is full of prem in Braj. Braj is the best place, therefore. Radha will say, uh, 
all the pastimes that Krishna executed here, performed here in the past, they were done with deceit. They were all a hoax or something like this. Or Purana, again, all that was done previously, long in the past, even though it was not so long ago, but in this context, her ecstasy takes care to express. That's old story. That's not the present situation. Now you can see where he is, how he behaves. And also, according to Jiva Goswami, Sri will say, the word Krishna is made of two parts, Krish and Na, which of course has many meanings as well. One of them is Krish refers to existence, and Na refers to bliss. And similarly, as Krishna is made of Krishna, existence and bliss, Puranam, which is the word she uses in this verse, can be made of Pura and Na. Pura means previously, and Na means happy in this case. So Pura Na, according to Jiva Swami, means Shirada saying previously Pura, Braja was happy. Na. Now it's not happy. Or also he says, well, if you say you are singing a traditional song, they sing some Purana. They sing some story, but which doesn't speak about Krishna, <laughs> which doesn't narrate whatever he may be doing or whatever he has done, which increases the pain in our heart. Or also, Jiva Goswami, his Gopal shampoo in this case, will give another option in connection to, to the singing and the a reward that the bumblebee may be expecting. So Shirada is implying to the bumblebee here, you are singing for money, maybe? You, are, you try to make money? First of all, remember, we are homeless people. We don't have a penny. So if you are singing for making money in front of us, you want to make a business out of your kirtan, then with that thirst for money you have, go and sing in front of the householders of Mathura. There, there are an opulent city. Krishna is now there, even more opulent. So they will do something about that. Because from the sinful day that Krishna left Mathura, for Mathura, sorry, we have given up our houses and have lost all desire. We don't, we don't have anything to give you. That's what Shirada is saying in his extreme prayer. From that sinful day that Krishna left Braj, we have been totally deprived from tip to toe. And you come and you're singing in front of us who have no money, who are homeless ladies, expecting some reward in reply to your singing. That won't happen. So please go to Mathura, sing there to Krishna who is totally controlled now by hundreds and thousands of of urban city women, whom, and he attained them, and that's an important point for you to know, Bumblebee, he attained all of them on giving us up. And he became the leader of the Jadus by breaking the hearts of all the Brajabasis. So you go to them, and, 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 and you will be respected by them, you will be respected by by the ladies, so they will keep quickly give you whatever you desire, basically, because they their pain in their hearts when when they were in separation wanted to be with Krishna. Now the pain is gone, so they are happy and they will will willing to give whatever you ask them for. It is said that after a person have suffered and stop suffering, the person will be willing to give abundant charity for especially to what they call panegyrists. Those who come and, and, and narrate a story. Hmm? 
out of joy of having stopped the suffering. So that's the situation there in Mathura, not here in Braj. So you go there, <laughs> they're happy. You sing about, narrate the story and they will give you whatever reward you want. Please with, bear, with, bear in mind and remember that while Sri Radha is expressing of this in the ecstasy of separation, it is not that Krishna actually has forgotten her, nor the gopis, nor every, any single entity in Vrindavan. He's suffering as they are suffering in the distance, in this up, in this prakat prakash, this manifestation in separation. And somehow or other he's trying to deal with that, but as we know by force of circumstance, by he being Bhagavan and having to deal with so many simultaneous duties, he's not able to go there. And also with the purpose of showing to the world so many things, we have already explained this, but it's important to bear in mind this point and not really fully like become partial to the gopis in a mundane sense and start criticizing Krishna, thinking that he's actually ungrateful and cruel and all the things and understanding why, in which context Shirad is saying that, in the context of expanding her prema further and further. So, after having shared some of the insects coming mainly from Srila Sanatan Goswami, Srila Jiva Goswami, let's go to the purport of Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Pad. His Sarartha Darshin, his unique commentary on this section with plenty of dialogues in between the Bumblebee and Srirada. Some of them will be some repetition of what we already mentioned, but it will be a good <coughs> way of rec recap, doing recap of what we have seen till now. So according to Sri Vishwanath, Srirada sees the bee, the Bumblebee, buzzing due to his nature, impossible to stop the buzzing, the zinging. So rather, again, as we mentioned, this in, rather will think, oh, this bumblebee is agitated by what I've said to him, by my criticism of him, and now he starts singing his own glories. So we see the different charyas will present a slightly, in some cases, different uh, perspective of, of why, of the background, why the bumblebee is singing, what she rather thinking, and all of them are uh, totally correct and complimentary, if you will. So Shirada spoke this verse according to Vishwanath in that spirit. Radha wanted to chastise the Bumblebee who is singing his own glories in front of her. So Radha will say to the Bumblebee, why you are singing in this place, in this assembly of cowherd women? The songs of someone like you, which is, who are you, an ignorant Bumblebee? So we won't be pleased by that. The gopis won't be pleased by that. We only will be pleased as we know Krishna being back here. That's the only, as Nandan just saw the tall Udav. We are only concerned about one thing. Tell us when Krishna will return. Nothing else. Stop this nonsense of his Bhagavan, his Narayan and blah, blah, blah. We are only concerned about one single question. When he will come and if, he, if that will happen quickly, if not, you tell us and somehow we make some arrangement and die <laughs> or something like this. So Radha says, this, these songs you are performing, ignorant bumblebee, won't be pleasing at all for the gopis. But you, you keep on singing. You are so stupid, basically, she's saying. <laughs> Not only that, but in all these songs, you are publicizing the glories of Jadupati, of the leader of the, of the Jadus. You are singing about Krishna as Jadupati, not Krishna as Krishna in Braj, whatever name you want to put him, just show the Nandan, 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 and so on. So you are singing about the particular 
expression of Krishna outside of Vrindavan, which, which in, in other ways is reminding us he is outside of Vrindavan. You are coming to tell us in the face, he is not with you. He is now Jadupati. He is outside of Raj. Hmm? And you are doing right in front of us. You are not just buzzing here and there in any place in Raj. You are coming just in front of us, the most affected of all the inhabitants of Raj, especially Sridhar, who were made by Krishna to give up our homes, basically, in place. And now we are sitting here at the edge of the forest. So you see our pathetic situation, and you come to the most affected personalities in the worst possible condition to sing about the most unbecoming thing in the worst possible way. So we will not, and, and you are on top of that, you are expecting something in return from us. You are totally crazy. You are totally stupid, basically, she's saying. You are expecting some reward in exchange. We will not give you even a handful of chickpeas in charity. Vishwanath hmm? mentions that Shirada says to the bumblebee. <laughs> so according to Vishwanath, then the bumblebee will reply saying, well, at least give me some old clothing and garlands you have worn. Hmm? She asks some prasadi clothes, hmm? remnants from Shirada. And Shirada, of course, will reply, not giving any of those things. We will say, but I will not give any of these things to a complete fool like you. You are reciting the Puranas here and trying to prove that Krishna is Jadupati, the Lord of the Jadus. Oh, Sadangri, no? you six-legged creature. And again, we go to this point. An animal has four legs, <laughs> but you have six, so you are an animal and a half. So you are your own unique species. You are so weird. So again, the animals are full, are ignorant, and you have more legs, so you are more of an ignorant. So you are so ignorant that you don't know where to sing, what to sing. You don't have, you have no criterion whatsoever. So how do you expect to receive any charity? That's the point. And it's, on top of that, you are expecting something from us. <laughs> but what to do, Shirada will conclude. You are merely an animal. So we won't become angry with you. You are an animal. What, what, what we can do? So we basically, instead of getting further angry with you, I will advise you where you can go. I will give you good good advice instead of becoming angry. I will give you some benefit. So better you go, and I will tell you where you can sing and you can support yourself. You can make out of living out a living out of that. So better you go and sing. And she points <laughs> in the direction of Matura. You go and sing in front of the girlfriends, of that friend of yours, Vijaya Saka, who is preeminently victorious. That's a way of referring to Krishna without mentioning his name directly. He, she's not saying Krishna directly. She's saying the Lord of the Jadus, the great, the friend of Arjun, or that friend of yours who is victorious. Or also Vijaya Saka conveys the implication not only his who is victorious, like in battle, we know Krishna killed Kamsa, recent news in, in, in this, at this moment here. Or also Vijaya Saka means his who is defeated by his girlfriends in the battle of love, in the battle of Cupid. So Shirada implies he is being charmed by them now, not by us. So you should think all about those victories and defeats. He's victorious, but he's defeated by them in love. Go on in Mathura and think about that there. <clears throat> of course, also the term Vijaya Saka, as we mentioned, can mean the friend of Arjun. So this here comes an interesting point, because 
Vijay is again a name for Arjun, the one who is victorious. And interestingly, before being in Mathura, Krishna was in Braj, he was not known as Vijay Saka in Braj. Nobody will ever tell him that, because to, to begin with, he was never with Arjun in the Lila yet. <laughs> and he's not yet in the Lila with Arjun now, we will go there now. But in Braj, Krishna was known mainly, mostly as Subal Saka. But when he, after he left Braj, Radha implies with some sarcasm here, now he became Vijay Saka. Now, now he's the friend of Arjun. Now he's the friend of Kshatriya, a very important, great, famous celebrity. Now Krishna is a celebrity himself. He's maybe, maybe full of celebrity consciousness. <laughs> Before he was Subal Saka, the friend of his dear most Priyanarma here in Braj. But now Vijay Saka, he's a famous guy. So interestingly, Krishna is in Mathura, but he, he didn't meet Arjuna here at this point of the Lila. So by, by Sri Radha's calling Krishna Vijay Saka, that means that she's, like, she's presenting a pronouncement of things that yet to come, something that will happen in the future, spontaneously emanating from her lips. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions this in his Raghavarma Chandrika, that... <coughs> In Braj, that's a long topic, I will just briefly touch on this since we studied that some time back. <clears throat> Brindavan is full of Aishwarya. In Braj, there is even more Aishwarya <clears throat> than any other place. Mathura, Dwarka, even Vaikuntha. But all that Aishwarya is buried under layers and layers of Madhuri, of intimacy. But, and in union especially, that Aishwarya never appears, even though it's there. But in separation, sometimes... Aishwarya comes to the surface. And one aspect of Aishwarya may be the, the recognition and knowledge of Krishna's Godhood. Mm -hmm. Or something in, similar to that, like showing omniscience. And that's what we have here. Shirada, remember, Shirada, technically speaking, she's Swayam Bhagavati, she's Purna Shakti, mm -hmm. she's God, basically, <laughs> in the form of his of love of God. Mm -hmm. The one God, the one became many, Ekubaho Sham. The one became two, if you will, to begin with, not in a point of time. Love extended himself in the form of love of God with the purpose of loving interaction. So Shirada is Bhagavan in the form of Bhagavati, of Shakti. So she's omniscient as Bhagavan is. So in this particular moment of the Lila, she shows that omniscience by saying something that will happen in the future. They call Trikalaknya, or the knowing of the three phases of time, past, present, future. But all this, again, in the context of the Lila and increasing her intimacy with Krishna. So sometimes even, as we will see in next, some next verses, Shirada will acknowledge that avatars of Bhagavan, like Bhamandev, Ramachandra, all of them are avatars of Krishna. So she will recognize that all of them are avatars. She will show that Aishwarya, Krishna is God and he has avatars, but she will do all that in the context of chastising Krishna and increasing her love for him. <laughs> So in Bipralamba, sometimes this Aishwarya will come, but only to nourish, only to nourish the Madhurya, the intimacy. That's how it works in Braj. The example sometimes is given with, if you have a, a little uh, grass and you put that on boiling milk, so the boiling milk will devour the, 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 the grass. So that little grass is like Aishwarya in Braj. And the boiling milk is the boiling affection, intimacy, Madhurya in Braj that immediately swallows that Aishwarya, which is still there, but you cannot see it. 
But sometimes when the milk starts to overflow, maybe there's a possibility of this grass to appear. So the overflowing of the milk has to do with separation, how affection plays its, expresses itself in separation. And sometimes this Aishwarya, <clears throat> this grass appears for moments in that separation, as we are seeing here, and as we will see in other sections of the Brahman Git. So, let's continue with Vishwanath Chakabart Thakur's uh, insects, revelation. So, rather than will further say to the, to the bumblebee, Furthermore, the women of Mathura, who are now relieved of the burning pain in their breasts, in their hearts, been, having been embraced by Krishna, they will fulfill your desire. So they will be honored by hearing your song about Krishna. Again, she's speaking with sarcasm, ecstatic sarcasm here. So basically, this is what Sri Vishwanath Chakravartipad says in, in complement to what we have already shared, of course. So what's, what's the type of divine math talk that Sri Raj is mentioning here? Which variety of Chitra Jalpa is mentioned there? Let's first of all connect different sections of the verse with the different qualities of that particular Chitra Jalpa. So Vishwanath will say at the end of his purpose, as usual, that in this verse we will see the mood of Srirada. In, in the mood of Srirada we will find the seed of jealous anger. Hmm? For example, when she calls the, the bumblebee an animal and a half, hmm? six-legged six one. And this arises from some apparent disdain for Krishna, some hidden anger. For example, when she implies... You go and sing to the ladies in Mathura, whom he is pleasing so much. Hmm? Some hidden anger is there. And it's, of course, is accompanied by some sarcastic expressions, silent glances, Vishwanath says, sarcastic silent glances. For example, when she implies, we do not have homes, we are homeless people, we do not know how to sing as you, you are such a nice singer. So sort of sarcasm is there, which is directed towards the bumblebee, but ultimately towards Sri Hari himself. So therefore, Vishwanath concludes <clears throat> this verse fits the, the description of that Chitra Jalpa called Bijalpa. So this one is Bijalpa. We already saw Prajalpa, Parijalpa, and here we have Bijalpa, which is further defined by Srila Rupa Goswami in his Ujbal Nilamani. He says, according to learned authorities, Bijalpa is sarcastic speech criticizing Krishna, the killer of Aga, Agasur, and such speech openly expresses jealousy while at the same time concealing the angry pride in one's heart. So the first half of the verse shows Radha's indignation and pride, which is concealing within it deep-seated anger, we could say, and the second half will show what they call sometimes leering inferences. Mocking Krishna. So again, all this sounds like a totally <laughs> bewildered and conditioned entity in this world. But all that is being expressed with Krishna as its visile and Manas its object and in the context of Prem. So that's a whole different constellation, if you will. Before closing and sharing some words of final uh, reflection, let me share with you a poeticized version of this verse that Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur has written. I have just discovered this some recent days back, so I will try, I will be sharing these poeticized versions in, in, in the remaining verses. 
He includes this poeticized version of Brahma Gita in his Anubhashya or commentary to Chaitanya Charitamrita until Lila chapter 19 verse 107, just in case. So as a way of closing, I'm making some summary and going back to the verse in a poeticized form according to Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta. So he says thus, paraphrasing Sri Radha and, and the Bhagavad verse, After hearing the nice tune, the gopi, which refers to Sri Radha, understood that the bumblebee was singing about Krishna for her satisfaction. She said, Listen, O bumblebee, Krishna has no residence here. This Jadupati has been known to us for a long time. We have heard so much about him many times. We know him and will not hear such songs anymore. Go to those who are now dear to Krishna and sing to them. Those gifted ladies who have now attained Krishna's embrace got freed from the mania of their breasts as they have become lovers of Krishna. If these fortunate beloveds hear your song about Krishna, they will honor you with much appreciation. <laughs> so this is Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta's poetic rendition. Of course, it's poetic, poeticized in rhyme in, in Bengali. I'm just reading the, the, the English translation of it. So, what else can we share? Well, try to imagine that... <laughs> Where is Udav here? How is Udav? Remember that Udav is one of the main characters here. He's supposed to give a message to the gopis, but he has not been able to say the word yet. He has just arrived to the brush and has first his first night with Nandan Jasoda, witnessing their overwhelming Batsalya Prem, and after that immediately was surrounded by the gopis and taken to a hidden place and having darshan of the unique symptoms of ecstasy coming from Radha. And when... when he was able to realize where he was. Immediately the bumblebee appears and all this Brahma Gita is unfolding. So Udav remains speechless at this point. And also, <laughs> important to, to mention, remember that out of, out of, outside of Braj, Udav generally is known as the topmost devotee of Krishna. Remember this famous verse that Krishna is calling him Atma, Jonir, Nasankara, Sankarsana, Chasrir, Nayatachitabhavam. Like you are dear to me, more dear to me than Shiva, than Brahma, than Sankarsan, than Lakshmi, than myself. So you can imagine how dear Uddhav is to Krishna, how much he feels that. And he's a Shastra bead and he has so many qualities. So there is, the, the Acharya have said, there is some subtle pride in Uddhav, like I'm so fortunate. I'm so. But in Raj, that pride is totally crushed. <laughs> of being the greatest devotee or whatever, by the strength of the Prem of the Brajavasis. He's witnessing this. Any single speck of pride is destroyed. That's Krishna's mercy as well. He's blessing Uddhav in this way. He's further refining his Prem by putting him just in front of the ultimate embodiment of divine love, Shirada. And therefore, that helps Uddhav to know Krishna much more because as we know, the form of, of knowing God is through love of God. The Bible says God is love and love is God. But what does it mean? Generally, the Bible is not saying too much about that. So God is love, love is God means Sri Radha. Radha and Krishna are not different in one sense. And the Srimad Bhagavatam here is instructing in detail about that. The, the Bhagavatam is showing 
we could say the inner workings of God's heart, of the machinery, if you will, of God's heart, how his psychology moves, which are the inner workings of his inner landscape. All, all religions, of course, speak to us about we have to love God, we have to give our hearts to God, but how to do so in detail, which is the reach of that, only the Srimad Bhagavatam is describing that in further detail. How to cry for God, this ultimate expression, this art of crying for God. And not only how to cry for God ourselves, but the Bhagavatam is clearly depicting how Krishna is crying for his devotees, how Krishna is loving every of his devotees, in which to which measure, all different measures, the different possibilities of Ras and so on. And someone may say, no, no, Maharaj, Krishna is not showing how Krishna is crying for his devotees. Mostly we are seeing how the gopis are crying, Nandan Jasod is crying. The Bhagavad is not giving a clear picture of, of how Krishna is crying. And I agree, we could say, okay, the Bhagavad is mainly focused on the crying of the gopis, but indirectly, that crying is speaking to us about Krishna's crying. Because Krishna reciprocates with the approach of his devotees. So, as much as you cry for me, I will cry for you, Krishna is implying. Or at least he will try to do that as much as he can. Especially in related to the gopis and Srirad in particular, Krishna will feel, I can never give pay back whatever you have, you know. So that's an important point. Although the, the Bhagavatam is indirectly in, in Rasa Shastras, in many ways, is speaking indirectly. So, the focus is how the devotees are crying for Krishna, because we need to become imbibed of that samskars. But indirectly, that's clearly speaking to us how proportionally, correspondingly to that, how Krishna is crying for them, because he reciprocates accordingly. So, as much as someone cries for him, that speaks how he's crying for them. Again, in the context of the gopis, Krishna is no, 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 not able to reach that level, and that's why Gorlila is a necessity. And he feels, I'm not giving enough. Sanatana Goswami in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita gives, gives a very nice name to Krishna, which is Swadhana Atriptam. Swadhana Atriptam, which means he who, after giving himself in charity to his devotees, feels it's not enough. I have not given enough. Swa means his own self, dhana means charity, atriptan means unsatisfied. So he who after giving himself to his devotees in reciprocation for their love, he feels, I have not given enough. That's, that's a name corresponding especially to Krishna in connection to Sri Radha, ultimately. So, there we see, there is a, this is a whole new scope of reach, a whole new reach. The Bhagavad is showing the reach of love, how much... Krishna is crying for the devotee, how much we are cry, we can cry for him. So we realize, okay, this is real ultimate spirituality, not just stop suffering, not just attaining mukti, what to speak of getting sattva, entering swarga or something like this. Sometimes we may have this really like, uh, like primitive conception of spirituality, just I will follow some rules and get salvation. Something like that. <laughs> I will follow some rules and obtain mukti. I will do whatever I have to do in order to, to not come to this world, to stop suffering. But basically, to get, to get free from the prison, prison of samsara, get free from the prison, but 
the point is that through the Bhagavad, we are informed that God wants to play with us outside of the prison. The real question is not so much how do I get out of the prison, but what, what will I be doing outside of the prison? A life of, of a complete new life outside there. So Krishna wants to play with us outside of the prison. Bhakti is a post-liberated status. And this Vipralamba Lila, this separation experience, is one of those places outside of the prison, one of those emotional locations that we will have to visit in the context of Krishna Lila. It's not to be avoided. It's one, it's Lila, it's divine play. And in that separation, that again may seem tragic on for the uneducated eye, but which is fully ecstatic in the inside, there is something very unique and mystic. There is a type of union, as we have mentioned. There is official sambhog, sambhog, union, but also in, in Bipralamba, Biraha in separation, Biraha means, Raha means union, and Biraha means a special type of union. So Biraha means separation, but also speaks about a type of union in separation. We use this term, this mystical term, union in separation. Beyond the mind and senses, we can. it seems contradictory. How can you unite it in separation? Yeah, that happens. Mm? That's very mysterious. Mm? For example, in separation, Shiradak outwardly, externally, she's suffering so much, she's almost dying. But inside, she's finding, meeting Krishna in the inner core of her heart and experiencing the greatest ecstasy. She cannot live without Krishna on the outside, so she enters into her inside, if you will, and there she finds Krishna. So she's constantly associated with him, but externally it seems the most tragic uh, scenario. But we need to educate ourselves to really understand all that is happening simultaneously in that particular situation. And somehow, even though we are not there, all this information is quite relevant for us, because... We are so far from God in one sense. <laughs> we are so much in separation. No, we have not been directly associated with Him in the Lila. And we need to feel separation in order to get closer to some form of union. We need to advance through separation. That's our school. How I make progress through separation. A corresponding separation to my present stage. Again, how, how I can cry the proper tears corresponding to the present stage I am in. That's the real purpose of, of our practice, not so much go to the Sunday program I became, and became a rock star there, a Kirtan star, an Arctic star, and, and whatever, and attain followers or something, but try to acknowledge your emptiness, your loneliness, your depending condition in a, in a sustainable way, healthy way, <laughs> but learn to cry because of that. And, and, and in that authenticity, we will be able, I mean, if we are authentic to that degree, that will take us to somehow or other cry properly, genuinely, and get closer to Bhagavan, or Bhagavan will get closer to us because of that stance. And, and, and that's how we should deal with our present situation, instead of trying to cope only with pain in a superficial way. I'm suffering, so I, I will try to enjoy here and there and become addicted to this substance and to this practice only to stop suffering for a while. That's so so irrelevant, so superficial. So instead, we have to embrace pain in the proper way, as I mentioned. We have to learn to suffer, not stop suffering. <laughs> Acknowledge whatever suffering is there and deal with that uh, in a, comprehensively. Not being evasive, basically, but putting Krishna in the center and praying for union, for proximity. To his shelter. Hmm? 
So that's the real question we have to make. Not so much how can I enjoy, how can I stop suffering, but how can I make some space in my heart for Bhagavan? How can I free myself from all those unwanted things, all those hupadis, all those anarthas? How can I, in, in computer-like terms, how can I delete all those unnecessary programs in our hard drive? My hard drive is full now. I don't have place for any other program. I cannot download anything. <laughs> So how can I delete all that stuff in my hard drive so I can eventually download the grace, divine grace that will be downloaded, that will be descending to fulfill my heart? As once Bamsi, the, the, and the reply to that is one word reply, cry. Once someone asked that to Bamsi, that's Bhavaji. A long question, how I can attain the goal of life in this life by doing this? The question was longer than the answer and he gave the closest, the, the shortest Harikata of Gaudiya Vaishnav history. He said, cry. End of the lecture. <laughs> so we need to cry. And here we are taking darshan, receiving bhakti samskar from Nitya Siddhas, Sridhar herself, the gopis, the gopas, the vrajavas. It's about how to do that. How they themselves enter into this fire for their own purpose in the lila, but we derive so much there. Sometimes the example, just with this I finish, the example is there of the, how do you say in English, goldsmith? The goldsmith who puts the the gold the gold in the fire, and by putting properly the gold in proper temperature in the fire, the fullest purity of the gold will appear. The gold needs to enter the fire in order to show its brightest potential. So similarly, Krishna will throw the brajabasis in through the fire of separation, biraha agni, and he himself will throw in that fire himself. I mean, the two of them enter that, so that will make take, put in the surface all the greatness and nobility and purity of their love, which is already there, but it's showing in a very clear way. The purity of their love is really unmatched. As we mentioned, sometimes in union, Krishna and the gopis in union, we may be misled to think, oh, they are just enjoying ordinarily. But in separation, we see the behavior of them, how they react, and that really makes clear what's really going on in union as well, how pure this is. So, And in the case of the gopis, interestingly, this shines much more because their love is forbidden. Their love is not allowed, legally speaking. There is a hidden thing. The very word gopi comes from the, the same datu beach, the same verbal root of the word gupta. Gupta means hidden. So gopi has to do with those who hide their emotions. They are parakya. They cannot acknowledge that publicly. Even in the famous Bastrahara and Alila, where, where the gopis were praying to Katyayani to be married with Krishna, and at the end of their month austerities, they went to the Jamun and they met each other and said, What are you doing here? And what are you doing here? I came because I made this tapasya for getting Krishna as my husband. Oh, I did the same. Oh, I did. They didn't know each other that they were doing that. They were so expert in hiding that feeling they had. <laughs> mm. Even Shirada sometimes will will hide her feelings from his own sakis, Lalit and Bishaka, some of them, because they know, oh, if, if the sakis come and my friends come and see me with all these bruises and signs of the battle of love, they will mock me. So please, and she will say, the manjaris, help me, assist me, and put my hair in place and my clothes so they won't mock me, and so on. So there are tendencies to, <coughs> to hide that love because of this nature of parakia, because of the dynamics of the lila, for sure. But sometimes there's a point where that hiding can no longer be sustained and that explodes, basically. 
like in this case, it comes to the surface, explodes outside. And through that, Krishna is showing to us, to the world, to Uddhav, <laughs> through Uddhav, all this to us, the greatness, the purity of their love. Sometimes if we do not express what we have inside, we get depressed. We need to express for not getting depressed, to make a pun. Uh, and, and if what we feel does not go out, sometimes it, it creates what people call an implosion. Mm? If there is not explosion externally, it goes internally, creates implosion. Mm? So here we're seeing how in Bipralama, in separation, all this that is inside of the hearts of the gopis and Sri Radha is coming to the surface. And, and Krishna doing all this for many reasons. One of them, as we mentioned, trying to give further adhikar to Uddhav, qualify him further so he becomes acquainted with all these realities so he gets to know Krishna that much more. So when he returns to Mathura, Krishna has someone that can hear his situation, can support him further as he needs. He's so needy as well, not only remember, the Radha and the Brajavasas are in need. He's equally in need. He's, he needs to be saved as much as they need. And we also and our particular situation needs to be saved and needs special mercy. So hopefully our uh, hearing of this Brahma Gita is having some purpose in, in, in our particular stage as well. So some ideas today we wanted to share regarding this uh, third verse of Brahma Gita. So now we will go to questions. If anyone has any questions, any doubts. So here is one first question from Anapurna in the chat. She says, some time ago I heard you speak mentioning that there is a type of poetry in Sanskrit which seems that one is criticizing but actually is a glorification. I was wondering from by hearing previous classes if this type of poetry arose from the hearing of these verses of Srimad Bhagavatam or if those who compose this type of poetry are Gaudiya Vaishnavs in the divine play of separation in their own level. Please, could you share something about this? Hmm. So I think that what you refer to, I don't, I cannot recall now the exact name of the, maybe some of you may remind me, the name of that particular style of composition, but has to do with when you seem to be, uh, yeah, condemning something, while well, actually you are glorifying that there's a famous verse that is often quoted from Bhaktiras, that Rupa Goswami composed in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which says that, oh, if you are attracted, still attracted to all the great uh, lights in this world and all the incredible prospect that material life offers you, of course, it's a way of saying, then do not go to the banks of the Jamuna. Be careful with that flute playing that will be coming from that, because if you hear that flute, all your material prospect will be ruined. So again, the verse seems to be... Uh, telling you be careful with Krishna if you want to keep your beautiful material life, but actually indirectly is telling you just go running in that direction to the Jamuna right now. So it's an indirect way of telling something. It's a type of poetry amongst many other types. Of course, there are so many. So the question has to do if all this came from the Bhagavata. Well, there is not some particular way of establishing where this, this this all began. Of course, Rupa Goswami composed, for example, this verse, and whatever Rupa Goswami writes is all always in the context of, of the Bhagavad. And for us, Gaudius in particular, of course, we will see the Bhagavad as, 
as, as, as the very source of all Rasa Shastra, around which all the different Rasa Shastras revolve. Hmm? And, and who composed them? We, again, we have different types of personality. Of course, Rupa Goswami is a member of the Divine Play. He's a need to see that. Hmm? So he has composed this. But yes, in the Bhagavad, we also find this type of, uh, of praise, hidden praise, hidden in the form of criticism. But there are so many nuances about that. It's not just a, gen a general way of saying, okay, there's this poetry where it seems you are criticizing, but you are glorifying. That's a very general idea. On, inside of that idea, there are so many different types of kabya, which sometimes is translated as poetry. That will require a whole different series to study all of these different types of kabya. A very interesting book in this connection is uh, Kabi Karnapur's Alankar Kostub, where he studies many of these different types of alankar. Alankar means like ornaments, poetic ornaments, How, their names and their ingredients and different examples of that in Shastra. So that is, is a much more elaborate development of that. But yeah, for us, Bhagavatam is the Rasa Shastra par excellence. So we, we like to conceive in this idea. You know, this is the, the fountainhead of all poetry and so on. Even though chronologically we may speak about all the works, again, for us, the Bhagavatam is eternal. It's not only... A, 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 a written word in time, but something that just manifests here and there and so on. <clears throat> Ganga Shakti is mentioning, how do we know that Vijay Saka refers exactly to the friend of Arjuna? Can Vijay be someone else apart from Arjuna who has also been victorious? Yeah, of course, Vijay can mean so many things. <laughs> we have Jai and Vijay, the gatekeepers of Vaikuntha to begin with, and some other people who may be known as Vijay. But mostly, and again, we have seen that there's not only, the term Vijay Saka is not only limited hmm, to, to one particular meaning. We gave so many meanings, even a meaning of them re related to... Uh, related to the idea of Krishna being conquered in battle by the ladies of Mathura and so on. So this is one particular interpretation. I, I We are not saying this is the only possible meaning of the term. The Sanskrit itself lends itself to so many possibilities. And our Acharyas, according to their insight and path and, and revelation, have revealed to us, shared with us, particular different views that will relish uh, the rasa, the, the relishing of the verse in, in, in the context in which the verse is written. So... It's not that necessarily Vijay Saka means friend of Arjun, but if we understand Vijay Saka and the friend of Arjun, all the different implications that we share today will take place, which is which creates a very tasteful experience. Like we were saying, Sirada's uh, Bipralamba taking new heights and, and omniscience coming there, which is a quality of separation, mm -hmm. Aishwarya coming in the context of Madhurya, but only nourishing the Madhurya. So that's to happen. So in this way, the, our acharyas have thought about that, have meditated about that, and feel okay. Vijay Saka, what can it mean in the context in, we, in which we are speaking? And so many possibilities are there, not only one. So it's important that we do not think in terms of of black and white in this connection. And ultimately, of course, if this comes from someone like Jiva Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, we will choose to to trust. The revelation, they are Nitya Siddhas. So Nitya Siddha means they are eternal inhabitants 
of that realm. So they are participants of the Lila. I mean, they are, ta- they are there. With all this is taking place, they are being there as characters in the Lila. So they know what's, what's happening, which are the implications of each word. That's our type of Shastriya Shraddha, our faith, our conviction in this direction. Okay. So... I don't know if there's any other question you may like to share, any other comments. <clears throat> okay, I think we will finish then today, offering our pranam to the Braj Gopikas, and especially Sri Radha, who is revealing this Brahma Gita through the famous prayer of Uddhav at the end of his visit to Braj, when he prays to perpetually bow his head to the dust of the lotus feet of the Brajagopikas, whose kirtan has the power, potential of influencing and purifying the whole creation, the three worlds. And so we pray for being, for receiving a drop of that purification as well, and that enlightenment so we can continue nourishing our Ragamark project. Vandenanda Brajastrinam Padarenum Abhikshnasaja Samharikatot Gitam Punati Bhuvanatriyam Srila Gurudev ki jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Grantara Srimad Bhagavatan ki jai, <coughs> Sri Brahma Gita ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Primanan Haribo.